Hello, 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 everybody. Hi. Welcome. This is Monday. This is Monday, December 7. Actually, why is that not showing? Hold on one second here. Why did that not show? Hmm. Interesting. It's like it's not showing up on my microphone. But I assume that you can hear me. I guess I'm just going to be on my regular microphone. That is so weird. Don't quite understand that one. All right, it's Monday, December 11, 2023. My name is Brian Engelman, and this is the unhappy hour. There we go, blue. All right, maybe that'll sound a little bit better. We'll see. <clears throat> Cleveland Browns had one heck of a game yesterday, taking on the first place Jacksonville Jaguars. Browns come away with the win. It was hard fought. Browns went out, got a lead, and then it got kind of close toward the end. And so we're going to kind of walk you through how we got there. The Cleveland Browns, of course, share this uh, screen for you. Mm, slow going on here. All right, we'll <clears throat> get this going. All right, so the Browns win 31 to 27. Jacksonville Jaguars were in first place. Cleveland Browns defeat them. They're six and one at home. You know, how how awesome is that for all of the <clears throat> Browns fans who have been attending games for a long time? And how many losses have the Browns fans had to endure over that same amount of time? I mean, it's been pretty, pretty rough, pretty difficult. If we're, if we're honest, it's been pretty bad. Um, it's it's really nice to see the Browns delivering to their people. Really rough since 1999, as you know. Um, real quick, before we get into the details of the game, I just want to click on the standings. I usually do this second, but I might as well just go ahead and lead with this. <clears throat> if we're going to look at the conference rankings, AFC versus NFC. Cleveland Browns right now have the fifth best record. Just a couple weeks ago, we had the 10th best. Um, and, you know, with each passing week, hi, Nimbus. My cat's meowing maybe at birds out there. You can hear them in the background. With each passing week, <laughs> you can hear him. He's, he's talking. He sees something. Right, buddy? All right. He's sitting in the sun, enjoying himself. But... <clears throat> I mean, it's a little surprising to see the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals at 7-6, and six, all the way down here at 10-11. and 11. Then a drop-off at the 5-8 and eight teams. But th that's just how important it is. Browns have had a tough two weeks, two losses in a row, uh, playing the Denver Broncos and the Chargers of Los Angeles. Um, but still, here we are, sitting in first place in the wild card, rather, in the wild card, let me show you the playoff rankings as of right now. Because, yeah, as you see, the Browns are in sole possession, one game up on the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, the Browns, of course, split the series with the Steelers, should have won both, but Minka Fitzpatrick went dirty and took out Nick Chubb's leg. Uh, really awful play, so unnecessary. This whole season could be so different if we had Nick Chubb uh, at running back. For the Browns, it's 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 a shame that he doesn't get to be a part 
of this opportunity to make a deep playoff run. And what's going to allow us to make a deep playoff run is going to be our defense. And once again, still missing Denzel Ward, but my goodness, if Martin Emerson Jr. is not stepping up as one of the best defensive backs in all of football, two interceptions yesterday, all-time high in his short career. But, you know, the Browns have battled. We've had four different starting quarterbacks that have earned wins for us on this season. Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and now Joe Flacco gets his first. And he has been named the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Is that a good move? I think that's a good move. Uh, give me a couple of hearts if you're watching live. Go ahead and leave your comments if you're watching live on Facebook, The Unhappy Hour Sports Show, or on YouTube, The Unhappy Hour Sports Show. If you're catching this broadcast on the New American Media, that is our flagship, of course. Um, but this is our, the, the weekly sports show that we do um, during football season. We do it the day after the game, which is usually Mondays, um, unless it's a you know Thursday night game or Saturday game or a... Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So let's talk about it because the teams, the Browns are ahead by at least a game. Now the Steelers who we split with. So then the Colts, I was at that game. We beat the Colts Texans. We're going to get a chance to play the Texans. Then the Broncos and the Bengals and the bills. They're all sitting there at, at seven and six. I do not want to be over here. As you can see, um, if, if you're watching the screen, if you're watching the podcast, uh, yeah, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show. But what I'm showing here is um, on the right-hand side, it shows all the, the tiebreakers, and it gives you the reason why why they, you know, head-to-head -head percentage and this and that and um, how it works. You don't want to get into that. We're one game up of all of that nonsense. So at 7-6, and six, you got all these teams, Bills, Bengals, Broncos, Texans, Colts, Steelers. Colts are missing their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, for the season. Houston Texans, we're going to keep our eye on C.J. Stroud. Love C.J. Stroud, former Buckeye. Having an incredible season, leading was leading the NFL. I don't know if he still is um, going into yesterday's game. He's out with – he had a pretty bad concussion. Uh, you know, prayers for him. Broncos. Okay, Broncos started off pretty piss poor, and now they're, they're getting their act together. Bengals, they're missing Joe Burrow for the season. Buffalo Bills, they do have Josh Allen. But look at that roadblock with those five teams there. I, I do not want to mess with that. And like I said, it's a two-game drop-off to go from seven and six to five and eight. And at five and eight, you got the Jets, the Raiders, and the Chargers. So those are really the only teams that are kind of in it. Rounding out the AFC are the bottom-feeding uh, Tennessee Titans and the Patriots, who have officially been eliminated in back-to-back -back seasons now. So let's go back to the Browns game. I want to kind of walk you through some of what happened and what we know here let me go ahead and take this off for a moment if i can there we are we will jump right back in there we are and take a look at the notes so um <clears throat> the, the history the lore of the newish franchise for the jacksonville jaguars obviously have you ever watched the show uh the good place with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. It's a pretty good sitcom. Pretty funny. And it's kind of interesting. They constantly reference the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a running gag on the sitcom. It's pretty funny. But the Browns do have some history with that team. You may remember Bottlegate. 
It was the game when the Cleveland Browns came back. Was it in the 99 season? Like that first season it came back? It was very early in the time that we came back. And um, I believe it was, geez, now I now I got to remember. Because we had that Tim Couch, Kelly Holcomb overlap. I believe it was Couch. I could be wrong. I, I actually haven't watched the highlights of the game in a while. But the Browns went down, got the first on a catch, hurried up, ran another play, completed that play. Then the referees flagged that the previous play to the previous play, not the one they just ran, two plays ago, they're going to review that. And then they said uh, it took too long getting the signal in from upstairs to the refs so that a play ran, but they had actually blown the, 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 the game dead at that. It's like, no, 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 no. You either stop it. That's why everybody rushes to the line on a questionable call. If you can hurry up and run a play, you miss a chance to challenge it. You don't ha- you don't have the opportunity to run it back. Well, that didn't happen in Cleveland, of course, because it, if you could invent, it really is Murphy's Law. If you can invent a weird way for the Browns to lose a game, we will, and we have. Now, I will say this season feels different. This season is the first time in a long time that you've seen Browns snatching wins from the the jaws of defeat or battling head-to-head in a cage match, a prize fight. And when it comes down to winning time, final round, they just put a few more body blows and a couple more landed punches in to win the game. That's, That's not really traditionally how the Cleveland Browns have fared, especially. Now, look, in the 40s, in the 60s, the Browns were an awesome team. Otto Graham took us to 10 straight championships, winning seven. That was back before they technically called it the Super Bowl. But they're NFL championships nonetheless. Nonetheless. And the Browns having a storied franchise. And all of those, you know, those back-to-back AFC championship games with Bernie Kosar in the 80s. It, when you think of the Browns, you tend to think of them as a snake-bitten franchise. But that hasn't always been the case. And it seems like we've found a way to turn things around. It kind of started when we went 0-16. Sashi Brown, the general manager, emptied the cabinets, traded players for picks, bottomed out. And then we relaunched and rebuilt and came back. And then Baker Mayfield came back, I think, won seven games the next year as a rookie. Um, Then, of course, took us to the playoffs in the COVID year. And we were one dirty Dan Sorensen helmet to helmet hit away against the Chiefs from going to the AFC Championship game. I mean, my oh my, how how uh, how things could have changed trajectories of the franchise and the players that we re-signed or we didn't re-sign could have changed had we gone to the AFC Championship game and or beat the Bills to go to the Super Bowl and or won a Super Bowl. It wasn't meant to be, though. And, of course, Baker left. Um a few more quarterbacks in between. And now we have settled on Joe Flacco, a guy that was not even playing. He started thinking that he was done in the league. And now he's the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And I'll tell you, yes, he was throwing a ball that got hit right as he was throwing it. It was a, it was, I would say it's a clear turnover, not a forward pass, but I mean, it was a millisecond away from the arm, the elbow moving forward enough to constitute a forward pass that would not have been a fumble. Um, and he did throw an interception. Well, I, I'll get to that in a second because I because I kind of have the plays broken down. Some of the main plays of the Browns win the thirty-one to was it thirty-one twenty-seven? I believe was the final score there. 
But Joe Flacco looks like a winner. And that's what I was getting at, kind of giving you the history of the Cleveland Browns. My point is to say, it feels like we are now a team that has learned how to win. Because for several years with Baker, it was like we were trying and let's face it, a lot of those losses, we had one playoff run. And and look, the Browns retired Ben Roethlisberger in Heinz Field, closed Heinz Field down. It's a new stadium now, or it's named something different. Retired Ben Roethlisberger and really did do enough to beat the Chiefs. But it was our defense that let us down, and it was the special teams that let us down. So you can say what you will about the new general manager, Andrew Barry of the Cleveland Browns. But what you cannot say is that he has, you cannot say that he hasn't addressed. That's a lot of, is that double negative or a triple negative? You have to agree that Andrew Barry, with the hiring of Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator for the Browns, has made a huge difference. And the, the releasing Cade York. He was a high draft pick, fifth or fourth round, fifth round, fourth round, fifth round out of LSU. And it just, it didn't work out. And he's bounced around a few teams. It's not really working for him, but he was great in college at LSU, but it wasn't working for him here. We went out and and traded to get uh, Dustin Cleveland Hopkins airport, Dustin Hopkins. I believe he's now the Brown season leader in field goals made. He's the Browns season leader in field goals made of 50 yards or more. And so the Browns have addressed some of the most critical deficiencies on the roster. You can say what you will about Andrew Barry and did we should we have kept Baker Mayfield? My answer is yes. I don't need to rehash it. I did that for two years. It annoyed plenty of you. But I still feel how I feel. But did we need to go spend a quarter of a, of a billion dollars fully guaranteed to get Deshaun Watson, a guy who was kind of got, got himself into some situations and he sat out for an entire season. I don't know. I, I kind of like my players who want to play as opposed to players that sit out the entire season. And we had to trade a lot of first round picks and other draft capital t- for the pleasure of getting him. When kind of what I said all along, we can win with what we have. You just need some competent quarterback play. Like I said, we've had four quarterbacks win games, and that's because we have a strong special teams. We have a very elite, capable defense. And look, Miles Garrett is still banged up. He got one sack yesterday. I'll get to that in a moment. But we're still missing Denzel Ward. Yes, we're kind of always missing Denzel Ward because he's kind of always injured. Made of glass, they say. But when Denzel's in there and when Miles has a functional shoulder, I mean, we're a three and out machine. But, you know, feast or famine, sometimes what you what you gain by going three and out, you you get off the field and you can't give up any points. And that's obviously a win. But also you lose field position and you set your your offense up in worse positions. What we did yesterday was we had the takeaway game. The Browns this season have been struggling. With their turnovers, their giveaways. And instead, we went out and took the ball. Had, well, I'll get to all of those plays, but we had several key takeaways by the defense. So maybe not as many three and outs, but we took the ball from the Jaguars. So anyway, that's the history of the Browns Jaguars with Bottlegate. And really, check out a good, a, a good, the good place. It's pretty funny. And the concept is interesting too about heaven and, 
it's, it's interesting. Check it out. So as I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence was battling his high ankle sprain. Miles was battling a shoulder injury. He did play. Played more than last week, and he was kind of non-existent last week. Past couple weeks, really, since the injury. And Denzel Ward was still out. So Ford got, uh, Jerome Ford, our running back, got the action moving with a pretty nice run on that first drive. Flacco and the guys got the ball, and Ford had a nice run. Shortly after that, Cedric Tillman. Remember, he's our third-round draft pick out of Tennessee. He's getting more repetitions now, number one, because you have a quarterback that kind of knows how to distribute the ball. He moves it around. Um, it, you can fall into a trap when you kind of overthrow it to your superstars. But when you don't know your superstars, you just kind of make the smart football play. And really, that was one of the Cleveland Browns' biggest problems when they had uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. I think there was a pressure to get Odell the ball more instead of running the crisp routes, being where you're supposed to be. I mean, Baker won a Heisman. Baker's has got, he's got a zip on it. I said about him, it's like he knows where the play, he can anticipate where to be as long as they're in the right spots, which I don't think Odell was all the time. I think he liked to freelance it out there, which threw Baker off, which meant he didn't know where he was going. So he then overfed him in the beginning, then underfed him and wouldn't pay attention to him halfway through. So it really wasn't a great mix. But that, that was because they spent so much time together. They were they were in Texas together trying to learn the routes and like develop a chemistry, but they kind of overdid it. Cleveland Browns, I mean, how many people caught passes yesterday? I think we had nine the week before from uh, Joe Flacco. And then this week, Njoku, Cooper, Moore, Bell, Ford, Tillman, Hunt, Aikens. So we, we, all right, we got to eight. And that's more than the other team had. Two more than the other team had. So... Anyway, let's get into how it played out with Cedric Tillman. I like watching him play. I think he's going to be good, and he's getting more catches because, as you know, a few weeks ago, the Cleveland Browns traded away Donovan Peoples-Jones to the, the Lions because we weren't going to extend his contract. We wanted to get a, some draft capital back. We wanted to free up some room for Tillman to see what he's capable of. But Ford running early set up that play action to Tillman. Nice catch. And then he really did get popped in a helmet to helmet. I'm glad they I'm glad he didn't get concussed on that play. Uh for for excuse me, for a first down. Uh Flacco then swung it over to the left, leading to a re really great bobbling swing pass completion. Screenplay to Ford. Oh, I got a bit of the hiccups. That's fun. By the way, my understanding is Ford uh ended the game. And ended the day with a real bad hand contusion. We're going to have to keep an eye on his health as we move forward. But there was a really nice play then by Joe Flacco on that first series. Really nice play fake. Everybody bit. Nobody was left in the secondary for the Jaguars. And it sets up a wide open David Njoku touchdown. Fantastic. Now, fantastic for everybody but me. I was playing the 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 lowest ranked team in my dynasty football league. I'm on the verge of elimination, by the way, because it's 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 been a rough year. I have the most points, but I've had the most bad beats and injuries, and 
you know how it goes. It's so hard to win in fantasy football. But of course, Njoku gets two touchdowns, has his career day against me. It's kind of like the only way I could lose this matchup, and it did happen. Um, short of a miracle tonight. I don't know if I'm fully out of it yet or not. But anyway, really great way to go out and take the lead. Jacksonville got the ball back. ETN had some nice runs. And then Martin Emerson Jr. had a really nice pass breakup on Zay Jones. We said his name a lot yesterday. Brown's got the ball back, still up 7-0. Really nice back shoulder catch to Amari Cooper, ending uh, ending the first quarter. Then Flacco threw it again in a really nice catch to Elijah Moore in double coverage. Then Flacco hits Njoku for a catch and run for his second touchdown of the day. 30-yard play. So the Browns are up 14-0. I think Trevor Lawrence battling that high ankle sprain. He looked, I mean, he looked capable out back there, but you, you never know how much an injury is really messing with somebody because took took the, you know, fell behind pretty quickly and threw it deep. Martin Emerson Jr., but of course, Martin Emerson Jr. then, instead of a pass breakup, gets an interception. Ford had a nice run. And then shortly after, Joe Flacco had an ugly interception around the 40. And what happened there? Cedric Tillman got picked. So the receivers were crossing, kind of went up the sideline, turned inward. And you've seen that. You can call it a pick. You can call it a rub. It's like like a screen play in basketball. You kind of body them up so that they can't go and you free someone up on the backside. Well, it looked like, I believe it was Tillman. He, he kind of ran and hit a brick wall. And when he hit the wall, he was supposed to be where the ball was thrown. But he wasn't there, and it led to an easy interception by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Could that have been an intercept, uh, a, a pass interference call? Absolutely. Should it have been? I, I think so. You know, convince me otherwise if you think that was a perfectly legit play. I, I think it was just a little, uh, it seemed obvious. But it was a bad interception, but just on further review, you understand why Flacco threw it right to the other teammate, uh, the other team, because the receiver got blocked, bodied. So anyway, Trevor Lawrence goes down to the Browns 32-yard line and had a really nice jailbreak sack. JOK and Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit, by the way, he two things. He did have an injury concern in the game, and he signed a contract extension. Well-deserved. Excuse me, well-deserved. But that jailbreak sack by Grant Delpit with the JOK assist on third down stopped the drive. So the Browns up 14-0 near their own end zone at the five. Flacco hits Cooper. Really nice play. Gets you out of danger zone. Gets the ball moving in the right direction. Taking charge in the second quarter. Cooper up to the 23, but then the ball is punched out from behind. Giving the Jacksonville Jaguars a very short field. Turnovers have been probably the worst giveaways or turnovers, however you want to frame them, have probably been the worst component to the Browns this season. So the Browns are up 14-0. Um... 
Lawrence does hit Evan Ingram on a 10-yard touchdown at that point to take advantage of that turnover. Browns up 14-7. And, of course, watching the game, Flacco did have a couple of air mails, a couple of bad passes, and a couple of under throws and behind you throws that were just kind of head scratchers. But aside from that one play that his receiver got blocked, he didn't have a ton of terrible throws. He was just inaccurate in a few. And if you get a chance, go on the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, a support group in Facebook, run the search and join the private group, and or check us out on X. We are at um, the Unhappy Hour underscore. And check out Joe Flacco in the the locker room. It's pretty neat. He says, I, I, I feel like, he goes, thank you so much for having me. You know, he appreciates being in the locker room and getting his first win. And he said, I feel like I'm 10 years old out there again. He like, he's having fun. Doesn't look like it on the sidelines. He looks like he's, he's perpetually stone-faced or and or annoyed being there but definitely smiling in the locker room and definitely got the job done anyway trevor lawrence has a nice end of half drive but then he's picked off at the 10 by martin emerson jr again at the browns eight yard line so once again browns defense comes through with a big play taking points off the board at least three points you would assume or more, three to seven points. Flacco gets the ball back, eludes a strong pass rush, nicely getting it to Njoku. Njoku. Twice in this next drive, but can't convert. Jags take over. Narrowly avoid a Newsome interception. That could have been another interception. But they can't convert. Njoku has a great catch and a run on the first down on the sidelines, but then fizzled out. Brown's defense then punches the ball away. On an early second half Jacksonville completion. It was a nice grab and scrape technique on the ball. I, I There needs to be more of a focus on the team teaching that and coaching that and working on that to kind of grab and rip. Cedric Tillman had a nice catch, spin, and run. It's, it, I really do appreciate him getting some time. Um, and look, he was injured to start the season, so that's why they kept Donovan Peoples-Jones. But... When Tillman got healthy, he's getting snaps, and I'm I I look forward to see it. He's got a nice frame to him. He's got some he's got some decent size. Appears to have good hands too. He was really good at Tennessee. Then he was injured. That's that second. He had a really nice season, his second to last season. Then he got injured that last year. So, um, you know, here's to hope, and we got another winning player here. I, I see something I like in Tillman. Time will tell. Browns continue with the ball on third and one. Hunt gets close. But can't quite convert. And then on fourth down, Flacco sneaks forward to, to convert and get the first. Still driving. Kareem Hunt takes the Wildcat with Harrison flanking him in the backfield. And on third and three from the four, he pushes his way in for another Browns touchdown. Browns are up now 21 to seven. Kick it off to Jacksonville and Maurice Hurst sacks Trevor Lawrence on second and 12. They have to give the ball back, punt it. So Flacco gets smashed on second and 10 at the Browns 33 on a blitz off his right side, untouched. He was in the act of throwing it, but it was a clear fumble turnover. So then Lawrence on short field again. These are two times that the Browns have turned the ball over on the short side of the field, and twice it comes back to hurt us. Lawrence on a short field hits Ridley to the one. Then Etienne punches it in on a nice spin and twist. I think that, I don't know if they initially called it in, but they checked it and he had to kind of 
dove in and then spun and twisted his elbow with the ball. Like he, they did get in. So cuts the lead, Browns lead 21-14. Flacco has a nice toss to Elijah Moore on third and seven to keep the drive going. Cooper, a nice first down across midfield on first and 10. But then it goes incomplete to Cooper. Browns have to punt, pin the Jags at their own four. Greg Newsom has his second interception around midfield. Cooper then gets a nice 11-yard slant to the 40. And then this is a really nice play, maybe one of the, the plays of the game on a trips right pick screen. Very similar to the one that caused the interception when Tillman got hung up. David Bell was left wide open as the middle receiver when all three of them crossed. He was the middle guy. Caught the ball. Jags defender went down. David Bell. Yes, we have a David Bell sighting, folks, two weeks in a row. Goes 42 yards and the touchdown. Browns are now up 28 to 14 with 10 minutes left in the game. Let's skip ahead. That, you know, that's winning time. That, that's where you hope you can just end this and go home. Stay up by, like I said, I want to win every game by 24 points. So that one pass interference can't change the shape of the game. One fumble or takeaway or interception or weird bounce can't determine the game. One deflected pass off a helmet goes up and just just win by a lot. We're up by 14 at this point. But with 10 minutes left in the game, Trevor Lawrence starts making some really nice passes, culminating in a 19-yard Parker Washington touchdown over uh, for 28 yards. Browns lead is cut to 28 to 21. So the Browns get the ball back, and all of a sudden, Dorian Thompson-Robinson in is in the game. And you're going, hang on, is Flacco okay? Yeah, he's okay. But he cleared the concussion protocol, and he was put behind center on third and one at the 39. Takes it five yards in for the first down. Cross the line of scrimmage, which is great. Then on fourth and one from the Jacksonville 47, Hunt jumps up and over the line of scrimmage for a few more yards to keep that drive alive. Then on third and seven, Flacco sidesteps in the pocket to avoid the rush, but can't complete it to Amari Cooper. So they were making moves. They were chewing up some clock, keeping it moving. Couldn't finish it. Couldn't seal the deal. So instead, Browns have to punt it away. Jacksonville takes over at their own 20. Browns knock it away at midfield on a fourth and three throw to Zay Jones. Browns get the ball again. Browns get a couple of yards. And then Dustin Hopkins has a chance to knock it in. You know, as close to automatic as you could hope for. 55-yard field goal and four for four on extra points. Kudos to Dustin Hopkins. Saving our season, it seems. Saving our season, it seems. Say that a few times fast. So Browns go up by 10, 31-21. However... Trevor Lawrence then takes the Jacksonville Jaguars down on several ETN and Ingram passes down to the 27. Then launches a ball deep into the end zone in the middle of the field, drawing a somewhat questionable pass interference call at the one-yard line. I mean, it looked like we almost picked it off. He threw into like quadruple coverage. There were three guys right there, and there was another in the frame, I believe. They called it pass interference. I thought it was a little suspect, a little questionable. I mean, maybe there was some, you know, maybe there was a little bit of contact, but like our our guy was right there. 
you know, their argument will be, well, he was only right there because you impeded the receiver's ability to get there. I didn't really see it that way. I, I'm open to watching it a second and third time or a fourth or fifth time. But from the angles I saw, I didn't really see anything egregious. But regardless, first and goal from the one, um, Evan Ingram gets his second touchdown of the day, really matching tight end for tight end, two touchdown days, Ingram and Njoku. So that makes it 31-27 Jaguars with that four-point uh, differential. Jacksonville decides, you know what, we're going to go for two. I don't know. Do you, do you question that that call? Why not just go for one? I don't know. Something about the analytics seems to say if you're down by... It's, it's like they want to go for a two-point conversion when you don't need to. I don't understand it. Some of the math nerds must be telling them from up top it, it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense in a, a common sense way to me. Please explain it to me in the comments. Why so many coaches seem to be going for these two-point conversions when it mathematically doesn't really even seem necessary, let alone so advantageous that you'd be a fool not to do it. I don't know what they think they know that they're not, but I've, I've seen this backfire week in and week out with various teams. Anyway, Miles Garrett gets the sack to stop all that noise. Browns up by four. Last couple of seconds of the game, Jacksonville knocks their onside kick into the hands of Prochet. And the Browns are now 6-1 and one at home. I believe plus 56 at home are the stats. Good game for the Browns. I really like coming to you and talking about things after wins. I have a hard time discussing this this game when we aren't doing so well. But yeah, one interception by Greg Newsom, two by Martin Emerson Jr. Fantastic game ball um, performances. So kudos to them. Uh, next week the Browns are going to play the Justin Fields led. Chicago Bears, who won pretty handily to uh, the Lions, one of the better teams in the NFC. Of course, games that mattered, Pittsburgh lost to New England. That was fantastic for us. Tampa Bay, look at that. Baker Mayfield, first place down there. Yeah, they're only six and seven, but hey, you know, he he, he took them on a late game run. To hit his, uh, I believe it's a rookie tight end in the corner of the end zone to take the lead. And they held on 29-25. Tampa's in first place. Yeah, Indianapolis got smoked by 20. That Jake Browning is legit. You know, that team is not going away. The Joe Burrowless Bengals creeping up in the rearview mirror. And that helped us because Indianapolis was sitting there tied with our record. Now they're a game back. And it also helped that the New York Jets somehow beat Houston. Now, obviously, Tank Dell's injured, and now C.J. Stroud is injured, but they won 30-6. to This was a game that was a killer, pretty tough. Baltimore was up on the Los Angeles Rams. I'm sorry, the Rams were up, came down to overtime, and then a long interception return won it. That, that would have been really nice to have the AFC North leading Baltimore Ravens drop one yesterday. It just wasn't meant to be, as I said here. Chicago wins by 15, 28 to 13 over the Lions. 
New Orleans beats the lowly Carolina Panthers. Speaking of lowly, Minnesota scores three points, and that's all they needed to beat Las Vegas Raiders, which, once again, they're another team in the rearview mirror. You don't want them to get hot at the wrong time and overtake you in the wild card. But once again, we're up by one. If we take care of business, we'll be fine. But, you know, winning out could be difficult. So you want a little bit of separation there. San Francisco looking fantastic again, wins 28-16 over Seattle. This is a game that helped as well. I mean, like sort of. If, if you were going to say 14 weeks into the season, the Cleveland Browns would have the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs, would you take that? I bet you would. If I said you were going to have Nick Chubb injured, Denzel Ward injured, Miles Garrett's shoulder dinged up, and you'd be on your fourth quarterback and you'd still have the same record as the Chiefs, would you believe that when the season started? Well, that's where we are right now. So Buffalo knocked out the Chiefs 20-17, to 17, and there's, there is nothing finer than watching Patrick Mahomes whining. He looks like Darlene from Roseanne back when it was a watchable show. Oh, yeah, I guess they had to change the name to the Connors. I don't watch that. I'm not watching it without Roseanne. Thank you very much. Um, unfortunately, Denver continued their winning ways, winning 24 to 7 over the Chargers. And then look, Dallas put a whooping on the Phil uh the, the Philadelphia Eagles. 33 to 13, winning by 20. So those are your updates in the NFL yesterday. As I mentioned, the Browns are looking to play the Chicago Bears at home this week. Crucial games, you know, uh, Kevin Stefanski and Joe Flacco pretty much kind of echoed. It. And if, by the way, how similar do these two people look to each other? It's a little eerie, right? It's a little eerie how similar they look. They look like brothers or cousins. They look very similar. But both of them, Joe Flacco, an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP winning quarterback, by the way. You know, he said, from here on out, this is going to be the playoffs for us. And if we want to play meaningful games in December, this is what it looks like. And that's what we have to do. He said, I didn't play perfect. I didn't play perfect, but we got it done. And we fought through and we gave it what we had. And it was enough to get the win. And that's what counts. And if you want to play meaningful, meaningful football in December, January, and February to the Super Bowl and the championship, this is what it looks like. And this is what it's going to feel like the rest of the season. You know, so I'm... Big kudos. I really liked some of the play calls from Kevin Stefanski. Obviously, like, play calling is weird. It's like, oh, he called such a good game. He called such a bad game. It's like, if they execute, to, to, if they execute, any play looks good. And if they fail to execute, a play will always look bad. Oh, well, it was brilliant. Was it? It was terrible. Was it? Or did they just not execute it? So I think sometimes we put a little too much blame on the coaching and we, 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 you know, vice versa. Too much credit when they're winning and too much fault when they're losing. But, you know, got to give some credit. They're, they're playing a strong game. Obviously, they're not rushing the ball as much as they did when they had Nick Chubb. They become more of a pass first team. That is the opposite of what we used to be. But just keep winning, baby. Got way too close at the end, but we got the win. I'd rather I'd rather have a deep sigh of relief with a victory. Um than whatever feeling that would be had we not been able to pull out the W. So congratulations to the Browns sitting atop that wildcard position in the AFC. I don't know if we're going to be able to catch Baltimore, but we just got to win out. We control our destiny, and that's a great spot to be um, sitting here 
week and a half into December. So I'm going to sign out for now. Leave your comments, sign up in all the places. Go do a thumbs up, like the show, um, subscribe on Spotify, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show. Go on X. We are at the Unhappy Hour underscore. On Instagram, we are the Unhappy Hour Sports Show. Facebook, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, a support group. Follow us in all the spots. We're also on Telegram, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show. So I'm going to go for now. But yeah, Victory Monday. Oh, you know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen that Victory Monday thing where, uh, what movie is that? The bit Was it the big short? Where they kind of walk in and then they listen to the radio and it's like a clip from the Browns game and uh, Louis C.K. is on the couch and he's kissing his wounds and they do that every time the Browns win. I haven't seen that. I'd play it for you if I had it, but I haven't found it yet. But yeah, we share memes and great content all week long, all day long on Facebook in the private group, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, and in the other places we are. So follow us, please. Go Browns. So many more sports stories to talk about, but for today, we're just going to focus on this one. So until next time, I appreciate you. I love you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Peace.